0: This is Board Game Squad, the show exclusively dedicated to the world of board gaming. For those who care about the meeple and who understand the sheer pleasure of sitting at a table and enjoying human interaction... Dude, it's your turn. Are you ready to meet our hosts? Here are Adam and Paul.
1: Welcome to the Board Game Squad podcast. I'm your host, Adam. And I'm your host, Paul. (laughs) We're just jumping into that pretending none of that actually happened. Oy. All right. It did. It did. So, what do we. How are
2: you doing, Adam? I'm,
1: I'm doing well, man. It's actually great to be able to sit down and, and hang out again. We don't. It, it's sad. We should probably do this without doing the podcast periodically, too.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, we, we should definitely. I mean, it's, it's life in this COVID era, you know. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I make the same stupid joke every time we're live, but, you know, the zombies are outside. But, you know, this time, at least we know where they came from. <laughs> You're not, it's not, wrong. It's, not chi- it's not it's not China. No, 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 no. It's,
1: it, I'm pretty sure it's Ben Maddox. <laughs> I, <laughs> Regardless, we're going to steer this away from zombies and back towards gaming. So we actually have, since it's been so long since you and I sat down and done this, we we have a decent amount to to go over. So yeah, I'd say jump right into it. You want to talk about what you've been playing lately?
2: Yeah. So first of all, bunch of digital games. So I I am in the beta for Squire for Hire for their app. Oh, I didn't even know so they were putting that about. That's great. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. I think it's coming soon. It's a it's a pretty decent app implementation. Actually, I've never played the physical game. You you've played the physical game, mm-hmm. so my entire experience is is the app. It's it's pretty clean. There's like a bunch of challenges that you can do beyond sort of like the the generic base game. Actually, I don't know if that's in the base game or not
1: not um, that i recall i think there's a yeah, so there's bunch a bunch of, of like of quests that. it's yeah. like
2: you know get to 20 points in the least number of turns possible each armor is worth you know minus 1 adjacent and square like just they're doing like like little challenges mm-hmm. and, and the, the the expansions are in there yeah i've just been i've been you know i i drop my kids off at daycare and i have to wait in line because because of the zombies and you know they only let one person in at a time and <laughs> you know i just you know, i pull up the app cuz it's a it's a quick little game yeah yeah i mean it's it's
1: it's a great little I game totally to see fit where those you're coming from like, yep.
2: yeah i totally see where you're coming from i i think i i definitely prefer it to to sprawlopolis <sighs> uh, sprawlopolis no and yeah really yeah although there's there's a sequel sprawlopolis coming out uh, uh so that,
1: agropolis if i'm pronouncing uh, it wrong it's called, yeah
2: yeah but yeah, I think I prefer it. I'm terrible at it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> same same. Yeah, it, for so whatever reason, the the spatial puzzles like that, Sprawlopolis and Squire for Hire, for whatever reason I just can't seem to handle.
2: Yeah, they're not my they're not my forte either. But it it is it's a nice little puzzle and I, I you know, I know the actual game's only a few little cards, but you know, I don't I the app's kind of nice.
1: I'm glad you actually got a chance to play the game in general because I I keep kind of mentioning it to people as I pass by and no one's too super aware of it that I've been able to find anyway. No, it's it's, it's sweet, man. Yeah. What have you got? got uh, your, uh... I'm actually just looking over my list and I was trying to decide which one to mention first. So we're gonna do it in alphabetical. I'm actually gonna start with 1830. I finally got a oh, chance. Oh man. Yeah, man. I finally oh, got a chance. man.
2: Choo choo. <laughs>
1: Well, and you know, I, I'm I'm a fan of train games as it is. Um, finally, 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 got to sit down and play my first proper 18 XX, and it didn't disappoint. I I'm a fan. Count me as a fan. The hard part is going to be. I don't think I'm ever going to get much of a chance to continue playing 18 XX, and it saddens me more than you. I struggle with it. As well. <laughs> I, struggle well, with it. I, I. It's a commitment. I
2: it, think. It is. I, I think the solution to that, and, and I haven't really picked up on this yet, mm-hmm. but is to play online asynchronously.
1: I'm, I'm hearing that, yeah. There's a podcast yeah. I, I like to listen to, uh, The Gaming Moguls. Free plug, you're welcome. They mm-hmm. they regularly talk about using 18xx.games, I think is the site. Yeah, um,
2: it, which is new. It used to be much more hard, but oh 18xx.games yeah. yep. is... is Awesome.
1: I, I kind of want to delve into that. You and I can talk about it more offline. But um, hey, if any of any of the squad members out there are part of that 18XX game situation and you're looking for people, let us know. Reach out to us on the Facebook group. Let us know there because I'd love to start getting something together. Let's do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it now. What's uh, what else is on your list? I'm, uh, I'm off
2: track. So another right. digital implementation route from Leader Games. First of all, talking about root in general, I really like root. The problem with root is it it doesn't play at two. Like like you oh, can true. play yeah. it at two, but, it, it's, but it's you're missing out on experience. the point of the game at two. You're not even missing out. Like it's not. It's really not even playable despite mm-hmm. like technically being able to. You do this like because everything's so asymmetric. Like you you like balance each other out. So what you're supposed to do is play like two games back to back and then and like switch sides. Or they they have like they have Automas that they came out with. It's now not an official expansion, but it used to be like a, a print and play type thing. I and mean, that's okay, but who who wants to play like your main game with an Automa? And I play it too. I play mostly a two. I play mostly a two. So it's it's been a challenge. So the root app mm-hmm. is probably the best digital game implementation I've ever seen. And, and it, it, it is, it is so good. So you, I mean, it's your, your typical app experience. You can play, um, you can play solo against AI, AI is okay. You can, you can play against other people online. Uh, you can do this like pass and play thing. It's, and it's pretty good in terms of the translation. Mm-hmm. You it, it, It's really nicely like, like animated, like the, the little like forest creatures are like full on like video game animated. But at the same time, it doesn't feel like the video game has replaced like the the board game. Like it feels like the board game with some cool animations that like spruce it up a bit. So it, it actually fills this this void that like someone who's never played the game before might like really be interested in it uh, without you know ever having heard of it. Like it, it yeah, it I feels can like a video game, but it also feels like a board <laughs> game at the same time. It's it's fantastic.
1: Yeah, it's, I'm I'm excited for it because it was the implementation that I had planned to finally dive into root with because I've I've considered it a couple of times. A friend of mine has a copy. I've tried to read through the rules. I've tried to study up on a couple of like how to play videos. Adam it doesn't it's it's not your type of game it's not not at all it it is it it, it is it's it's cute like furry animals but I understand it is a full-on war game everyone has talked about it and I love asymmetry I love leader games in general it's one that I really want to be able to give the proper college try to so I was that's why I was partially waiting for the app implementation of it because I knew that would be the right way for me to to approach it yeah, it's it's it's
2: excellent. And just to give some quick background, and we're talking about like the app implementation, mm-hmm. but for, for those unaware, Root is this crazy there's these cute little woodland creatures <laughs> and you you play each each player plays as like a different type of woodland creature, but they're completely asymmetric. So the the way they actually play the game is totally different from one another. You all have the same goal, of like getting, I think this is forty num- forty points. I, f- I forget how many points it is now. Oh, I don't work. off the top of my head. But like you, the way you go about doing that is different. You fight each other. You collect things. It is a full on war game. So despite the the, f- the fluffy creatures, it is it is an absolute brutal like attack fest.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm actually really glad to hear you talk so well of it because that kind of solidifies my opinion that I'm. <laughs> I'm ready. The for only it to only time I want to try it, game. I want to try it.
2: So yeah, the only time I've ever had a bad time playing it is is when it, it's two players. You can't play it two players.
1: Oh, and so I I tried to sneak in there. What's the best player count for it then? Your opinion?
2: Uh, I think a full a full uh full four player Which game. Four? Uh, okay. it, the, the expansion actually lets you go higher than four players. I would say four players. I wasn't sure if it five was... five or six, too.
1: Yeah, because there's a handful of four-player games where they're actually best at three, but anyway, I digress. Yeah,
2: this plays really well at, at higher player counts. Like, you could do mm-hmm. five and six quite fine, and three's good, too. Well, it seems like but the more I,
1: factions, I... just the more chaos, which would be more entertaining, at least, if not fun, so...
2: Well, you, well, you ging up on each other, too. Mm-hmm. There's, like... Yeah, and it, it's good. It's good. I, I'd say, really, I like four,
1: but all those player counts work. I'll end up checking it out. So we finally got—well, not finally—we got our copy in of the tenth uh, anniversary edition of Belfort, that Jay Comier game from way back in the day. Your your elves and dwarves building the the city of Belfort, and whoever contributes the most to building the city wins the the key to the city at the very end of the game. It it's exactly what you're imagining as far as a mid-weight twenty ten euro. I was thrilled to get it though. So (laughs) it was one of the games that kind of turned me on to gaming originally. So I always had really fond memories of it. My wife absolutely loves the game. So we ended up backing it on Kickstarter, got the extra expansions with it. So we have to try out the expansion materials, but can confirm Belfort actually holds up. Not a ton of replayability right out of the box, but a lot of fun. And I think the, the expansions are going to keep it alive. So yeah, i this is another one we were talking about earlier I've, I've mm-hmm. never played. And this one, it it didn't necessarily fly under the radar, but it felt like people were aware of it, but no one ever had the opportunity to play it. It was always mm-hmm. kind of the impression I got of it. But anyway, I, we the my friend that got we're... me into board gaming initially, he brought over this one very, very early. This was one of the first couple of board game nights I had actually gone to with them, and completely sucked me in so if someone's looking for a good gateway game this worked for me
2: and i I think we definitely need to have that discussion sooner rather than later about out of print games
1: oh the one we were
2: yeah we were talking about yeah okay um your turn yeah okay so this is an unreleased title coming from board and dice I i have to play a game of this with you adam mandala stones yes okay it's, it's a, it's a, it's a 2021 release abstract game where you're sort of constructing a, a, a cute little mandala pattern or man, I don't even know what there's something mandala stones or a thing. Apparently I'm not really sure. Yeah. It's it's really nice. There's sort of this board where you're collecting these mandala stones and then you add them to your board. And depending on how you add them to your board, they allow you to score points on the the scoring area. It's definitely like in that realm of like an Azul or something like that. Right. Um, That
1: slightly abstract abstract, or well, abstract with a slight bit of theme. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You had sent me the link for this one a while back. It looked really, really pretty and really clever. So
2: yeah. You know what? It's really good. It's really, really good. I don't like abstract games and uh, this, this one clicked.
1: Why don't you like abstract games? I don't know. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's uh, an honest just, answer. Like, I put like, you I, on I, the spot I, out of nowhere. So
2: no, no, no. I mean, I I grew up playing like chess and stuff, and yeah. then I I don't know. I came to this realization I wasn't very good at it, <laughs> and you know, I think that I, I like backgammon maybe a little bit more than chess. Okay. But but I don't know. It, it's when I discovered Euro games like these games that have like just a hint of theme and like some interesting mechanics, um,
1: right. Where the theme kind of informs games really the mechanics.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the abstract games, there's something about them. I just tend to enjoy them less. And I, I don't, maybe some of our listeners will play boring black and white abstract games with you.
1: I like, them. Um, there's a really good one called convert. I'll leave a, a link in the show notes, but check it out. It's it's neat. It's kind of, you're, you're trying to do area control, but in three dimensions. I'll leave a link. It's neat. But I completely brought us off track, as is my strong suit. That's quite all right. Where did we leave off? Mandala stones. <laughs> Mandala stones, that's right, which looks yeah, awesome. Definitely check yeah.
2: that out. Coming soon,
1: 2021, mm-hmm. boarding dice. In my continuing quest to play everything that Capstone ends up producing, I finally got around to playing Crystal Palace. Uh, A friend of mine picked up a copy of it, and we had a chance to play it. Not my favorite from last year, I think, is, is about the fairest I can be. I only got to play it once, so I don't have a ton of opinions or a ton of thoughts to really go off of. But I enjoyed my play of it. I'd recommend people taking an opportunity if they get one. Just more as, like, an initial impression. Crystal Palace, I feel like, is the weaker of the ones that Capstone put out last year. It's... It it was convoluted to go through the rules. I ended up watching a how-to-play video that really helped a ton. There wasn't a, a lot that I felt like I really wanted to engage with in it. And again... Only getting the opportunity to play at the one time. I just remember being underwhelmed. I guess this is your kind first of the most that's honest me. thing I can say. Yeah, yeah.
2: And, But you loved Maracaibo. Well, not as much as me. You True. like you, you? really enjoyed Maracaibo. I really did you enjoy Maracaibo. Cooper Island. I
1: do, man. I do. Well, and
2: more in a minute on that note. Okay. Yeah, so then my, my nephew, who's, I don't know, what is he six or seven? He brought out... game it was like one of those games that i never want would would want to (laughs) play called taco versus burrito the card (laughs) game okay um like some one of these like like you pick it up at target type games Mm -hmm. and it was kind of interesting first of all it wasn't flat out terrible it was this game where uh, everyone's given like five cards and you need to add point cards to either your taco or burrito you, you you choose either a taco or a burrito. It makes no difference. Um, and whoever has the most points at the end of the game wins. But there's, like, take that. There's things where, like, you swap burritos. You remove cards from your taco, your opponent's taco. You you take something out of the discard play, pile and add it in. And there's a couple overpowered cards that I think were poor design decisions, but overall it wasn't as bad as I expected.
1: <laughs> well, good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> There's, is this? It, it sounds like it's in the same vein as like bears versus babies or Tiny Tina's Tea Party stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I, I play those all the time. I know exactly what you're talking about. But yeah, no, it's it's like a it's a game that I think it's meant to like appeal to to younger kids mm-hmm. as a silly theme and is is relatively simple and quick
1: to pick up and play. The other one I played a, a good handful of is uh, Maracaibo, Since we were on that topic, Oh, it's I know, I know, and you're not wrong. Phenomenal game, my favorite Fister. I'm I'm comfortable with saying. I was actually able to play it solo a couple of times recently, which was really nice. So that's that's really what's selling solo it for game. me. I think it is. It is a really with good solo game? game with the camp. Yep, I'm going through with the campaign, and it. It. I don't solo game, and man, yeah. No, I'm I'm really enjoying my time, <laughs> especially since. You're you're playing the turn for the AI, but there's no real playing it. You flip the card over, and you just do what the card says, and it's this really clever system for how they have everything in place. There's not a lot of widgets to move when it's not your turn. It's just flip this card, do what it says on the card, which is like two, three steps, and then it's back to your turn, and you just have all the time in the world to consider what you want to do. I I love how they did it. They did so yeah. well.
2: Yeah, in, in terms of how they actually implemented the solo yeah. mode, it it's, it's, it's phenomenal perfect for me yeah it's very similar there's an unofficial solo mode for great western trail mm-hmm. that is is it's very similar and it's 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 a fantastic solo mode i wish to, it it should be an official solo I, mode that if especially uh, if it's anything
1: like the one from ericaibo honestly yeah. uh, we actually
2: on yeah we actually have a digital implementation of of it up on uh, boardgamesquad.com if, you, if anyone ever <laughs> wants to try
1: it under board game utilities I didn't even know that was there. Wait, oh, the one yeah. for Great Western Trail. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, sorry. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Maracaibo. No, and if if it's as good as the one from Maracaibo, then it should be an official one, because it's, oh my gosh. If if anyone it's knows easier. of other solos that work like this, where it's literally just move like two, three things and not have to follow a ridiculous decision tree, let me know, because that is a solo I'm enjoying. Yeah, I mean, most of the Automa are like that. I don't know man. I what was the one I tried? Oh so uh might be my own fault, but I had tried to play barrage solo and the autumn in that hard. was that was hard. Oh it was horrid. It was bad. So
2: Yeah, because there was like there was like multiple decision trees added onto the automa, Yeah, and
1: It was just confusing. Oh my god. Yeah, ridiculous. But <laughs> But Maracaibo Solo? Yes. Happy with, would recommend. What else is on your, your list there?
2: So I'm going to end it there because mm. the, the other game I want to talk about is one of
1: our feature games. Okay, I got um, two quick ones that I've been playing lately and then we'll just move on to that. One more uh, oh, yeah, go. Okay. Yep.
2: Space Space. Which one is this? Space Space? Oh, yeah. never mind, I know this. Yes, yeah, yeah go yeah, ahead. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's, it's a
2: little... It's like Machi Koro-esque. Yep. Except better. <laughs>
1: Which is why I didn't know the name. We Literally every time we talk about the game we call it Machi Koro in Space.
2: It is Machi space.
1: Yep, um, which is why I didn't it's, remember it's a the name. Space, pretty,
2: pretty, <laughs> pretty generic name, unfortunately. Yeah, but it's it's a it's a John De Claire design, put out by AEG. You sort of have this like tableau, and you roll some dice, and there's cards in each of those slots in your tableau, like one to eleven, and you can choose to either combine your dice, so like you know a five and a six, and use the the combined value, or each individually to execute the cards in those slots and then as you replace those cards in your slots throughout the game they become passive actions mm-hmm. that you get to use when the other player rolls dice and it's this little engine builder it's pretty good it's a definitely like like gateway ish type feel my wife really Oh, liked very it. gateway yeah um not bad gateway really kind of fun it's it's incredible great... yeah, i'd recommend it I know you didn't like it that much adam, but it it, it it's good I like it, it. no
1: and it, it's great for for that it's a phenomenal gateway game if you're looking to introduce players in the next steps, it's a solid stepping stone and i would i would recommend it for that, and yeah, you're not wrong, I didn't care for it so <laughs> I have to say this
2: I I didn't I, I enjoyed it it didn't it didn't make me like super right. excited but mechanically like
1: it it's yeah mechanically it's so sound it's it works perfectly you you have your job you roll your dice you match them up with whatever you want to match them up with for that turn you do those things it moves on play moves very quick decisions are tight they make sense all the rules work it's just really hard to stay engaged with after after two three plays of it At least for me. I hear you. Now I'm done. No worries. The last two I had just real brief on. Spire's End was a Kickstarter that I just got in recently and am surprised by. Uh, It is a solo game, and it's just a stack of cards and a couple of dice. Uh, You flip over the top card, you start to do what it says on the card, resolve the actions, flip over the next card, and you'll be presented with either choices like a choose-your-own-adventure style, or you'll be in a fight. The fight involves a lot of rolling and decision-making, um, allotting action points and stuff like that. It is so smooth. This game just flies. You can knock out a full playthrough in about 30 minutes when you, once you know what you're doing, and it just it moves so fast. It's so fun. I'm, I'm It's just chucking dice. I love this. I, I'm kind of bummed at the moment because I let a friend borrow it to try it out, and I haven't seen it in a week and a half. Ooh. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I kind of want it back now because I kind of miss it. So, not even kind of, I miss it. But yeah, I curl up with it in bed. I kind of do, man. It, well, and it it comes in a, a fairly small size box. It's low profile. You toss it out on the table in front of you. It doesn't take up a lot of real estate to play it once you know what you are doing. The rules were they put the rules right on the cards, which I I, I liked, but at the same time I didn't care for the. F- basically how they're written the formatting of them i digress once you got through the rules and you learned how to play the game phenomenal it just sings i love it so you, you love it and it loves you back I, yeah man i'm in love with my games lately i'm finally getting to play more of them as why well, but <laughs> the last one small little card game again just so i can knock out everything from the capstone collection uh it's called Stick 'em. Which is actually a reprint of an older German card game. I forget the name of. I had it written down at one point. But let's go with that, even though we know it's wrong, friends. Great little card game, and these these are like my favorite games to go and discover at conventions and game stores and stuff like that. Just the small pack of cards you deal out and you play, you know, euchre, hearts, spades, all that fun stuff. So with it's
2: funny. I. <laughs> I, I, I... I was totally making a joke, but I really wasn't far off. <laughs> oh, God.
1: What is it? What is it? Stickum. <laughs> Stickum. I thought it was further away than that. All right. Nope. Yeah. Well, points for being so close. With Stick'Em, though, the way it works is you get your hand of 15 cards, and there's five colors. In a three-player game, the numbers range from zero to eight. Fantastic. You choose one of those cards, you place it face down in front of you, that's called your pain color. And then from there, it's a pretty standard trick-taking game. Any tricks you take, the individual cards that are not in your pain color, regardless of what number is on them, they're worth one positive point. Any cards you take in of your pain color are worth negative whatever their face value is. Hence it being called your pain color. So scores range anywhere from very deep in the negatives to maybe 45 to 50 points positive. And it's hysterical. It's so mean. It's so nasty. And I don't like take that mechanisms, but with a card game like this, it's, it's so sweet. You, you have to try this at some point. All
2: right. that sounds like something I would like.
1: I enjoyed this one.
2: Definitely Capstone fanboys.
1: I, yeah, I don't mean to be, but, it, they keep choosing good publisher. games. And, and that's, yeah. yeah. If, they had, if they didn't keep choosing the games they choose, I wouldn't have to be such a fanboy. So tell them to knock it off, and then I won't have to talk about it anymore. Knock it off, Clay. There you go. Take that, Clay. Anyway. But yeah, that was all of our playing lately stuff. We had a bit of a surprise about what's going on with our Essen picks. Do you want to talk about that?
2: Yeah. So Sunday... Actually, this is probably going to be released before the, the podcast comes out. But this Sunday, the, the weekend right before Essenspiel Online, I'll be doing a, a live stream with Paul Grogan on gaming rules, along with a, a bunch of other people from board game media. And I'll be going through my top picks for Essenspiel. Spiel.
1: Which is going to be so much fun. Uh, that's Sunday the 18th. Sunday the eighteenth, nice, and that's gonna be what just right off his YouTube channel, right?
2: It's gonna be off, yeah, the the Gaming Rules YouTube channel. It's like it's like gonna be around eleven o'clock Eastern time. I am
1: sure it'll be available afterwards as well. So you are you are gonna be holding off on talking about some titles today, so that you can talk about yeah. those during that live cast, right?
2: Yeah. So right. yeah, I am gonna I am gonna save my my top top picks for that live stream, and I'm going to go through my runner-ups.
1: I've got 11-ish that I was going to be going through. Oh boy, that's more than I have. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and partially because I was treating it like, oh, well, what if I was actually going to Essen? I'm going to wander around, I'm going to want to look at things. These are like the the 10 or 11 items that that really kind of caught my eye the most, stuff that I would actually want to stop at a booth and, and really dig into. If I got the chance, so I am assuming you put your list together in a similar fashion. Yeah,
2: I have, I have five runner-up titles, no particular order to them.
1: Oh, yeah, same. This is just um, the order I came across them. <laughs> yeah. So, first one I came across, really easy. No surprise that everyone's kind of looking at it and talking about it. Is Pandemic Legacy Season Zero? We, yeah, we. My wife and I played uh, the first season loved it. actually made me fall back in love with Pandemic because I got really angry at it for a while. <laughs> Go figure. Pandemic Season 2, we didn't care for as much, but Season 0 sounds like it actually goes back toward what Season 1 was in the storytelling yeah, of a, it. So It's a prequel, right? Yeah, it's set back in the Cold War era, if I remember right. I, I actually don't know a ton about it other than it sounded like it was trending back towards 1, which I kind of... Stop listening because I like surprises with those. So,
2: <clears throat> pardon me. That's fair. This this is clearly one of the the bigger releases of of s and yeah, um, pandemic legacies. Like I don't know, it's like number two or three on on BGG. Still, like that. yeah, easily. And, yeah, I mean, this is this is one that a, a lot of people are going to be really excited for. It is, as the title says, it is is a legacy game. So it's it's a game you you play sort of a campaign you Alter the game state as you play it, so you're only going to play it once
1: because you're like ripping cards up and you know mm-hmm. making a mess of everything. <laughs> um, Which stressed my wife out the first time we played season one so much, and I just oh, so cathartic! I love it, I love destroying yeah, I've, I've still never
2: played a legacy game, really?
1: Not even like Gloomhaven or anything,
2: it's not a legacy game.
1: Like, mm. one gets the stickers and you play it again. Wow, if, if you wanted to, friend, who <laughs> disagree, but yeah not gonna (laughs) other thing that caught my eye was uh another in the Ganshan series uh am I gonna butcher this one man Clever Hawk the Dree it's same thing as Ganshan Clever and Doppelt Clever Rolling Dice is that your German? that is as close as it gets yeah um (laughs) rolling dice take the one die you want be careful what dice you leave behind uh roll and write, score pad the thing that sets these apart from other rolling rights is the chain scoring opportunities so this is just going to be another implementation of those games but i i always enjoy the first two i actually have the apps on my phone regularly pull those out just to kill time in between things so i I'm, I'm excited for it i like seeing the third one
2: yeah to be honest
1: it, they're my favorite rolling rights Oh, the Clever series? Yeah.
2: Yeah. They're, yeah
1: I, I, and I, it's I like it so for the same, for that reason
2: it's the combo.
1: Yeah. Comboing's it's so, so much sweet. fun when you fill in, like, one of those little fields and then chain that together and fill in, like, three more off of the same choice. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah.
2: Because of the app, it's actually one of my most played games. Mm-hmm.
1: I actually don't count the plays from the app, thank God. <laughs> actually, I, I stopped, but but it's uh... Uh, that's smart. Yeah, yeah that's I a good just... way to it, drive yourself crazy. I almost did that with um, playing uh, Friedman freezes Friday off of the app, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, what's what's one that you will share with us? Runner up.
2: Yeah, that's the, these these are the runner ups, and the runner ups are so good.
1: Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, bonfire. Oh, oh! I know this. I know this. This is Stefan Feld new one. Dude, dude it's it's Stefan Feld. Yeah, I got it right.
2: New game. We're one of them. I think there's actually more than one Feld game being released. This is the you big one. Right, yeah. I Think. Well, actually, there's also Castles of Tuscany coming out at Essen. There's there's three. There's an, there's another one that's like a smaller title, yeah. but th- this is the one I'm I'm most interested in. It's got some like crazy, you know, sci-fi. Fantasy theme to it. Boards look really, really pretty. It's coming out from who's who's actually publishing this? It is a so it's Pegasus Spiel. So you know, good. It's got a lot of pedigree going for it. Yeah, a lot. Uh, Yeah.
1: It's funny. This was don't know too much
2: about it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: this was on my short list Uh, of stuff I was considering including in this, and I had actually taken it off because one, I didn't know a ton about it, and two. I, I'm distancing from, from Steffen Feld games. I, what? I am. I am. I went, so here's what's fun. I went back and I listened to our episode on Castles of Burgundy, not to listen to the Burgundy portion, but ended up listening through the whole thing. And somehow by listening to that convinced myself that I didn't like Castles of Burgundy anymore. And I traded it back in to, to the game store. It's gone. I don't have it anymore.
2: You know, I had a similar experience i like i my wife has brought up playing it a few times, and I can't do it <laughs> it's, because of, it's because of that episode. I can't get myself to play it oh
1: no <laughs> yeah. i I'm laughing, that but means- I actually kind of feel bad' cause, like you you loved that game
2: well i mean if, if you listen to our episode, I loved it, but I also
1: yeah no about halfway through you of- you got kind of disheartened with it.
2: Yeah. Anyway, by Castles of Burgundy, Stefan Feld is is (laughs) by and far like top tier Euro game designer and there are many titles by Feld that I I love that are not Castles of Burgundy. (laughs) And I pretty much like every game he puts out there. Trajan's at the top of the pile. Trajan's good. Um, Form
1: Trajan's really good.
2: Form Trajanum is is also really good. Different game Mm -hmm. kinda has I don't know. There's some similarities because it's it's feld, but yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they're all
1: point salad feld style oh games. My That's God. Yeah, I love a good salad. I don't mind it. Yeah, no, I'm not mad at that. It was just I. If, every feld game does not feel the same. I don't. I, I'm not comfortable with saying that, but I can definitely. It, they all feel like a feld, regardless. Feel like a feld. I don't know how to describe that any better. I don't. <laughs> I, I feel like every time I play a feld game, I'm playing a game where someone it, it, the whole time is constantly doing one of those little maneuvers. Like, look, 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 look at what you're doing. Look at the game you're playing. This this is a good game. And you're like, yeah, yeah, no, it it, it it's good. It's a good game. And they continue pushing. It's like, no, 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 no. You. It, it's a really good game, though. Say it's a really good game. It's say it's a really good game, and you're like, okay, I... just take it easy, guys. So,
2: I think most people who have have played a, a plethora of Steffenfeld Feld games will say something similar. <laughs> there, there's there's a there's there's a real. Feld games have a feel, a distinct feel. It feels like a Feld design. You
1: can feel that DNA in it, and it's yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, I I'm curious to play it. He's a yeah. phenomenal just, designer. Just I'm not taking anything away from that. Just I'm yeah. growing apart from Feld design.
2: That's all right. Mm. Just to not leave our our listeners without anything, I'm gonna do uh, a terrible no no and, and read the description off of BGG. Yeah, right. So the engine for the game are the three colored tiles you'll be puzzling into your player board. When you manage to place the same colors adjacent to one another, you, re- re- you will receive more action tiles of that specific kind. This will allow you to specialize in certain types of actions and pursue different strategies, such as... Um, move your ship to an island. Receive a task from an island by spending two resources. Invite a guardian of light into your city. <laughs> Be weary of the Guardian of Light. Trigger a procession of Guardians through your city and gain resources. This theme is wild.
1: The, Add landscape intense, tile These. to
2: your yeah, to your city, and uh, so on and so forth. Your your it's point salad yeah.
1: feld stuff. Yeah, which which direction do you want to go this turn to affect other directions later? Cool. What you got, Adam? Yeah, I'm still thinking about Feld. Anyway, next one on my list was called Divi Dice. Cute little roll-and-write, doesn't look like anything terribly heavy, but here, here was the twist, and I'm just going to read it right from it. Players determine their own targets for what to roll by buying cards during the game to build their own score sheet. So it's a roll-and-write where you start the game with no score sheet. And there's cards out on the table and you start to acquire those cards so you can mark off scoring opportunities based on what you roll. I have no idea how to acquire those cards cuz you know I don't see rules yet. But that just sounds like such a weird twist on a roll and write. I'm I'm intrigued immediately and I want to see it. So, and then next one on my list was I'm sure on a lot of people's lists, Holler Tau by Uwe Rosenberg. It's mm. It's Uwe Rosenberg, Worker Placement, Farming, and it's all about farming hops and wheat for beer and making, and then making beer out of all of that. And, it, I mean, it's, it's Uwe and beer. I, I may as well pre-order right now. I'm on board.
2: <laughs> so, so Uwe <laughs> is, is another one of those designers. Well, he actually has a few different, like, sub-game genres. Like, he has his little, like, poly-nom- to polynomino thing with, like, a patchwork-style mm-hmm. game.
1: But Indian his like
2: worker that. placement farming games, yeah, those are are like distinctly. Oh,
1: Uwe. absolutely!
2: And and unlike FELD, they're all like farming. <laughs> so <that's> like, <laughs> it's like it's not just like mechanically <laughs> similarity. It's right, right. like a thematic. Similarity, it doesn't but... have that
1: sense of DNA. It's like this 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 is clearly an Uwe Rosenberg game to the point where uh, the game I'm going to be talking about later, as like our focus for the episode, Lowlands felt like such an Uwe Rosenberg game that people thought Uwe Rosenberg designed it. Ooh. So,
2: more on that later. I'll, yeah, I'll tell you. I'll play an Uwe. I'll, I'll farm. If oh, Uwe totally. is, yeah. is giving me a farm, I'll farm.
1: I'm Whether happy it's to in do it.
2: Iceland or, you know, during, you know, a renaissance. Or...
1: <clears throat> well, and I've got another one here on my Essen list that falls right into this farming conversation. It's called uh, Pandemain. P-A-N-D-E-M-A-I-N. Uh, it's called Traditional Farmer's Bread for a subtitle. It's it's your typical, like, Middle Ages Euro about farming and then making and selling bread of various qualities. Exact same thing. It may as well be a Uwe Rosenberg game. And there's a million of these, you know, farming during the Middle Ages style games. They are still my favorite. I, I'm drawn to them like a moth to the flame.
2: I like farming. Yeah. <laughs> um... All right, so the next game on my list again. These are just the runner-ups. Remember, right. the main course is on uh, the Gaming Rules live stream on the 18th. My favorite designer, Alexander Fister. Mm-hmm. In the US, it's 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 a it's coming to wow, Capstone Games is, is releasing it. It's it's I think elsewhere it's it's DLP Cloud Age,
1: yeah, which I so, didn't <laughs> include it on my list because I knew you were going to have it on yours. So. <laughs>
2: Oh well, we, we could have duplicates. We can. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. sure we do. So the, this looks
1: like a totally different direction for,
2: for Fister. There's some mechanic where you're like sleeving cards. Sounds like a little bit like... What is the precursor to, to Edge of Darkness? Oh, um, uh, Mystic Veil. Mystic Veil. Something like that going on. John Cleric. Crazy. Yeah. And like grid movement and deck build. I don't know. Alexander Fister usually does deck building in a sort of interesting manner too so like you know I'm on board
1: <laughs> he usually have, does uh, deck building where it's like secondary to the actual gameplay which is refreshing like I'm, I'm yeah happy and it, it's that.
2: usually not regular deck building right like it is right. it is like a, a unique twist on on deck building which I I appreciate and the theme's really cool and you know you know t- I think you know tool to the the art so more no, you know, did not through. do the art oh. <laughs> sorry uh christian operer i'm butchering his name did it but it, it looks really pretty
1: <laughs> yeah i kept uh, so seeing the I'm, box I'm, art I'm, I'm, everywhere when i was going through my ass in searches yeah
2: i pre-ordered this game already actually, but did you so. really <laughs> yeah.
1: So, I also had on my essence list uh, Rococo Deluxe, mostly because nice. I'm excited for a deluxe version of it, and even more so, I've never played the game. I always wanted to. I just never, no one ever had a copy. So,
2: this Same actually news. gives me an That's opportunity on... to pick it up. This would be on my, my formerly out of print game list. Oh, yeah. But... I never got into play. And in, in a similar vein, I'm. Quite excited for Hansa Teutonica big box. Uh, uh, yeah,
1: that is. <laughs> I, mean, exciting.
2: I, I I I do own the game, not not with any of the expansions, but Hansa Teutonica is a is a top ten game for me, and it's it's been out of print for a while, and I am particularly really excited that more people are going to get a chance to own it because it's the best, most awesomest.
1: Yeah, I came game. across Hansa Teutonica really. a year it's ago and have been dying to play it ever since. So, yeah.
2: Oh, it is it is such a cool game. It so, is wait, do you it you... is like a, an extremely euroy almost area control game. You,
1: you have your own copy of it, right?
2: I do have my own That's copy. What thought, okay, I then. I would love the expansions. I'm debating replacing it with the uh the big box. But... Christmas is coming. Yeah. Uh, so many games. Yeah, it's again one of those games you you can't play it at two players. Oh, which is yeah. unfortunate, but it's so good. Well, because it it's requires so
1: the interaction, yeah. Yeah. Another one I was looking at was called Moonrakers, which I don't know a ton about it. There wasn't, I, I didn't see a huge amount of information when I was looking at it, but um, essentially it's a, a, new another deck builder that also has a little bit of a social deduction and backstabbing involved in it. It looked really curious, one that I just wanted to kind of explore more than anything else. And then, what was it? Oh, the West Kingdom Tome Saga. It looks like it's actually expansion. just like, yeah. Well, it looks like it's material and a rule book and a couple of bits and components that basically allow you to play a campaign through the whole West Kingdom trilogy. What is, which is what? Oh, Architects. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So West Kingdom Tome Tome Saga, it'll let you play through all three of the games either cooperatively or competitively as a campaign. Literally everything I know about it, but that sounds wild. That sounds really cool. Yeah, I wish I loved the West Kingdom games more, but...
2: (laughs) Have you played them all? I played...
1: I played Architects.
2: Um, I've only I've only played Architects, and I have I played uh, Paladin paladins sitting in Shrink.
1: I, I played Paladins. I, I'm not a giant fan of either. I Another really thing. liked Architects. What's the third one, though? Viscount, if I remember right?
2: Viscounts of the West I, of I don't the... think it's out yet. I think it's actually an Essendon release. Okay. Oh, well. <laughs> um, there you go. Yeah. But I, I really liked Architects. It was... It was clever. Say, sim- it was a simpler worker placement with some... It's an interesting take on it. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. My wife hated it. Absolutely hated it. It did not click at all.
1: I'm trying to. She separate.
2: like she like ended up playing it like a totally different way, and actually like <laughs> it broke the game. Oh really? Yeah, it made it unplayable for me as well. Wow. Like, I don't. But also like I don't know why she was doing the things she was doing. But that's a.
1: <laughs> well, the whole point is to be able to explore. So I'm kind of I'm kind of with her. If you can't yeah. explore and be rewarded for it in a game, then eh. I don't know. I think it's a really good game. And then I'm not I, saying I it's a... love to. Yeah, to go ahead. Get Paladins <laughs> out of shrink at some point. I'm trying to separate the two in my head and I'm having a hard time between Paladins and Architects of which one was which. They very much blended together for me. Huh. I think I've only oh, I only I played either of them once each, I think. So.
2: Yeah. Okay. Next on my list is from CGE, mm-hmm. Lost Ruins of Arnak.
1: Yeah, I was looking at this one too.
2: Yeah, so it's uh worker placement game, cool, you know Indiana Jones type theme. When CGE does like a Euro game like this, it's it's usually amazing from our last episode. Um, uh, which we, we really didn't care for a sanctum that they put out but mm-hmm.
1: that's a one that, that that off though. CGE does such a one off. CGE
2: does does great yeah, no, that's... games and this I don't know this, Deck building and worker placement, and 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 the exploration theme—that's that's all right up my alley. Oh god,
1: yeah, yeah. No, I was looking at this one too and had bookmarked it because this is definitely something I would want to take a look at. So.
2: Did I mention
1: how much I love when deck building is combined with another mechanic? (laughs) You have, but you can keep mentioning it. And you're not wrong either. Like, thinking back on it, my favorite deck builders are not things like Ascension or Dominion. It's like Clank. Clank, to me, is a great deck builder. It's that perfect balance of having the deck you've built drive what you're able to do on the board. Oh, you, you, you haven't played it yet. No, I have, oh, uh, I, I have. I forgot. I'm sorry. In Space sitting and shrink. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I got to drive out there. That's yeah. We just we yeah. got to get through this backlog, man. I have such a bad backlog. <laughs> I, a bad backlog. <laughs> I was all, when I was looking through, also came across in the unlock series. There's, uh, they're doing unlock Star Wars. I don't know which episodes they're doing. Oh. I don't know if they're going to follow the stories or not. I'm just so happy. That's quirky. I'm so happy about it. <laughs> just, oh, makes me, makes me smile. Um,
2: I, I've not done any escape room games either.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh, man, you, I could any do... Any
2: games that are that you play once really just... <laughs> don't, it doesn't sit well with me, so I just, like, I skip over
1: them. That's funny. So I we've, it, in my house alone, we've played through... I mean, a handful of different series. Uh, we've played through the Unlock series. Well, not everything, but we've played the Unlock series. We've played Deckscape. I'm not going to be able to remember the names of the others. There was one where you had to, like, stick standing up cards at intersecting points in this weird emptied-out mansion. It was put out by Ludo Creations. I don't remember what the name They're, of the game was, I, though. <laughs> I think I'd really like them. I, I think I'd They're be more inclined to pick up
2: an Escape Room game rather than uh, like go to see one. a DLC game. Oh, oh. I've, yeah. I've been to a real escape room game, so I like, I, like, I like them. I said those
1: are a blast, too. Real escape rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, they're also, like, wait. They're pretty cheap. Like, the exit games are, like,
1: what are they, like, 10 bucks? Yeah, they're, like, 10, 15 anytime you go to grab them. And especially with, like, the Unlock series... You don't destroy anything. You just bring the cards back to their original order. Same oh, thing with that. the deckscape series. So you can find them on like BGG auctions, or like if you get them, you can gift them on. We have an entire chain that ours end up following. It starts in New York, circles around Syracuse, and then gets shipped out to Colorado and God knows from where. They're nice because you can just buy them the once, and then they they live forever. You can just keep passing them down. No replay value, but, well, no personal replay value. There, that's the difference. I like the idea of being to pay forward a game. Yeah. Nice idea. We, yeah. I got a friend in North Carolina I send those down to. We've got friends out in Colorado we send them to. Friends locally that end up taking them from us periodically. So hmm. it, It's kind of fun just to have them circulate around the world. But anyway, those I had are... two more on my SN looks. I think I have one more. Go ahead.
2: What is it? Praga kaput regni. Did you see this one?
1: I, I honestly can't say I did because the other one I, you were I talking probably, about I, ended, I, is on my list, but I didn't even know the name of it. So. Yeah, yeah, no,
2: I, I, <laughs> I butchered it for sure. But the art looks really cool. It's it's a game about medieval Prague. Um, and just there's some sentimental value there. Like I, I got engaged in in Prague. Oh. which is super cliche and all but you know i i could deal with you know a euro game about Prague.
1: Well, what Some was the name memories. of this one what what was the name of this one or at least spell it out right? praga
2: kaput regni i i'm not saying it right kaput regni praga and, it's, and it's designed by vladimir suchi so yeah i mean i i tend to enjoy vladimir suchi's games See what shipyard's pretty sweet.
1: Yeah, underwater cities, Pulsar twenty eight, forty nine underwater cities. Probably um, Club and Last Will were hysterical games. I love yeah. those.
2: Pulsar twenty-eight forty nine was Feldish, right?
1: I, I actually didn't get to play that one and always wanted to. Oh yeah.
2: yeah. It was it was Feldish.
1: <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I never had a chance. I still kinda want to play oh. it. Well and I no, I would still play it if it was a Feld game. I, I, mm. Yeah, no, I, it, it was really good. Yeah, so, so many it's, it's to a say it's about a Feld, apparently. <laughs> Vladimir
2: Succi title about <laughs> <laughs> about Prague mechanics listed are area majority influence, you know, end game bonus. Yeah, I'm actually. I mean, I'm in. It,
1: it's the theme plus Vladimir Succi sells it for me. I'm I'm actually really mad I missed this one in the first place. This is looking like it's right up our alley as well. I'm actually, if yeah. you hear the typing, I'm sending it to my wife right now because I missed it. She loves Prague, so. But yeah. Yes. The other two I had were one was Under Falling Skies which is a I think it's a I think it's, it's a, a board game, game make of a video game yeah. or it was a remake of a solo game or something like that. And so Underfalling Skies I think it's coming out from CGE if I remember right. I might have that wrong. Apologies. Be sure to CG. It's a solo multi mission campaign dice placement game where the high but you're like choosing the value of the die when you place it down, you don't roll them. And the higher the value of the die, obviously the more powerful it is, but the faster the enemy ships move because of it, so it's that kinda of trade off of, you know, do you do you wanna spend all the resources or just enough to make things work? How easy do you want to make it be? So yeah, it looks looks really interesting. And then the last one I had, I'm actually going to ask you for the name. This is the one uh, new one coming out from David Turchi. Uh Subtitle is the Inca Empire.
2: <laughs> Tawantinsuyu. <laughs> I'm
1: going to take your word for it because yeah, but you and I, were I have a about copy this. in hand actually. Oh, so I didn't realize that. Review pending. Review pending. We got to figure out a way to do that one through like Facetime or something. Anyway, yeah. yeah, you and I were just talking about before recording started, but with this one, David Turchie game, where it's it's worker placement, but when you place the worker, it remains out on the game board for the rest of the game. And actually, All you, about, like chain reactions. Yeah, you, give us give us a little more detail on this because you've got a better grasp of it physically. Yeah, So, so there there's like different
2: uh, like concentric rings. Mm-hmm. And I think they like represent stairs of some sort of like Incan like ruin or whatever and you have like priests in the center and you put out various workers, all the workers have different, there's different types of workers with different powers and they do different things, get you different bonuses, interact with the the spots in different ways. There's something like 70 or more worker placement spots on the board in order to place them on the board you have to have like a, a god card <laughs> that matches the symbol or color or something like that. And then as you get further down on the ring, it, it requires you to pay more food to take that action. And then when you, there's like symbols located next to the worker placement stuff. And so as you grow workers in clusters around each other, they set off chain reactions on what you get to do. So like it sounds like the decision space on this game is like absolutely insane, and it's it's totally like a David Turczy game.
1: With, yeah, because it uh, can be completely sprawling while at the same time, really, there's only three good options.
2: Yeah, I don't know about that. It, it's it's <laughs> I, I've yet to play it. It sounds absolutely yeah. fantastic. It's you know it's David Turks-y, board Borden Dice.
1: I would have to say Borden Dice is also one of my favorite. they yeah man they are swinging hard these days i'm excited for it though they've they've been putting out some some great titles so
2: i've i've excluded this only because i I have a copy in hand already but it, it is technically an Essen
1: release it is and i was the one bringing it up so but yeah that's i mean for the rest of the Essen titles that we're looking forward to definitely make sure you uh watch paul on yeah
2: we 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 didn't even cover my top three picks. Isn't that insane? <laughs> my top three. So you have heard it yet.
1: None of, I didn't even cover any of your top three? You might have covered one. Oh, I might have covered one. All right. Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't have asked. Now I know which one. Anyway, moving on. So, yeah, you, you want to plug that one more time? Yeah, so if you head over to the Gaming Rules channel on
2: YouTube, you know, Paul Grogan's channel, Sunday the 18th. Yeah. We'll, We'll be doing a live stream. It's around 11 a.m. Eastern. He's going to have a few other people on, and they're they're going to happen sequentially. So I'm not sure the exact time slot. It'll be like 11:10, 11:20, 11:30, something like that.
1: It's going to be members um, of all of the Punchboard Media, though, right?
2: Punchboard Media, some other folks okay. like bon- Stephen bonacore Board Game Ramblings. There's a there's a bunch of it's a few Punchboard Media people and a
1: and a few other people from the, the board game. It's going to be a good board. time though, because everyone's really just going to be talking about their S and picks it's yeah, exciting it's like christmas so we are at the hour mark. A long episode so
2: i'm instead of giving a full-out review i'm gonna give a first impression of takenu so takenu is i think it was a gen con release
1: mm-hmm.
2: board and dice was the publisher designers are danielle ticini so one of my favorite italian game designers He's put out such titles as Zulk in the Mayan Calendar, Teotihuacan, trismegistus all really hard to pronounce games <laughs> uh, And I, you know, Marco Polo, I, 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 I love him, man, he's, He's definitely up there and one of my favorite designers. Well, he teamed up I with like a bunch all the of people for other
1: titles too, right? He worked on a bunch of collaborations with that whole Italian designer yeah, crew. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. like like Marco Polo mm-hmm. was would would be one of them. But Takanu, that's the one yeah, with the yeah. the big spire in the middle, right? Sorry, that was the one spire? with the big spire.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. So there there's a there's an Egyptian obelisk in the that's center. Was, yeah. yeah. So, and and it it rotates every turn. So very, you know, Zulkin or uh, Teotihuacan-esque. And there's different, like, shaded regions as you turn. And as you turn the obelisk, the dice that are placed around the circumference of it shift into either, you know, the dark section, so like invisible pitch-black night, the shadows or the lightness. And they either become inaccessible, or when you take one, they sort of you you put it in your your scales in which you are judged in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. so if you take a one in the shadows, it goes it's considered tainted, and it goes into your tainted pile after you take your action, or if you take it from the light, it goes to like the good section of the scale. And it's all about creating balance between the two so if you go too negative you lose points if you go too positive you don't lose points but it affects turn order you actually want to be as close to zero between dark and light as possible
1: so when you're when you're saying like when you want to be dark and light are you is this like affecting a character trait
2: no, it's it's just one of the mechanics. So you're, okay. you're drafting dice, and the dice then. do different actions. Okay. Um, and after you've drafted them and taken your action, you place them onto your player board, and there's the oh, scales okay. in which your soul are judged, and you, you put the tainted dice in you know the bad section, and like the, the good dice in the good section, and at the end of of a round, you're judged, and based on the the equilibrium between the two you it affects turn order um, and can cause you to have negative points and that's really cool so there's there's that Um, and then what do you actually do with your dice you can there's around the obelisk each section sort of corresponds to a section on the board where you can take a god action and there are different egyptian gods and i can't even tell you what they are because they're symbols (laughs) and but but it's very clearly laid out on the board they're they're pointing in the the different directions and the symbology is very good and it it's very clear Uh, so you're you're building uh similar to teotihuacan sort of like uh forget what they call it like a like a not like a not like a stat like a i don't think it's a it's a temple or something along the lines of that Mm, not like a not a pyramid that's that sort of thing and you're putting out tiles on there and there's there's a little puzzle in doing that there's acquiring cards really excellent card play that you know you can combo things with and build a little engine i would say one of the the card play is actually one of the the nice parts of this game and i didn't do enough of it in the game that i played here's a there's a little tech, tech tree, very Danielle Tashini. I should also mention this was co-designed by uh, David Turksy, although it feels way more like a, a Danielle Tashini game. I actually can't feel the influence of Turksy at all on this.
1: I was going to say, I think, I think David talked about it when we did the interview with him, too.
2: He, but, he did, but I, I really, I can't, I, I cannot tell you where the influence of him was. Like, it, 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 feels, to say it like, sounds like a
1: Toshini game through and through. It just feels with, like a Tishini game, and I'm sure he, everything, everywhere, interacting with each other. Yeah,
2: it, it, and that's, that's exactly what it is. It is, it is, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. I don't, <laughs> again, this is just a first impression, and if I had to place it among those, those various titles, I would say, first of all, it, it feels most similar to Teotihuacan. Okay. In terms of feel and weight, um, I like Zulkin the best. Only marginally more than Teotihuacan. That's a second. <laughs> Ooh! Don't... I'm the only one yeah. who liked Trismegistus. <laughs> I think it,
1: it just, I it, still haven't it, had a chance it, to play that one. So
2: no, it's, you know, it, Christmas justice is really awesome. It had a, like a few like very minor flaws that like just mm-hmm. broke it for people. For some I, reason, I
1: have such a hard time getting past the art aesthetic on it. And I'm such that no, I'm going to reserve it's judgment for a minute later. It, too. They're,
2: they're really minor flaws. It's a fantastic
1: <laughs> game. It is such a tight experience. Yeah.
2: I kind of, I kind of liked it a little bit more, but again, I'm in the minority there and i I think probably most people would prefer this to Trismegistus mm. um, so well, right I, now it's floating maybe it's it's on at the same level as
1: Trismegistus it's It's very good well, and this is a first it's impression you're allowed to not have super strong opinion about it yet yeah, yeah. i I have a little bit of an opinion. I definitely want to play it like a lot more like well, I and that's want what
2: to play it more there's out. There's so many like different avenues for strategies that you can take.
1: And is that the kind of game the, where you can go into it and say, this time I want to play it this way before oh, the game totally. is even out of the box? Okay, cool.
2: Totally. And then and you start off with some like asymmetric, like the resources are like a little asymmetric, so it sets up like oh, good. Well, strategies st- yeah, for you. Yeah, similar and... to
1: Teo and Zulkin both did that yeah,
2: too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it does that. so like th- that definitely affects like how you want to, how you'll probably play sure. a game going into it. The reason um, I ask is
1: because a lot of games will do that thing where there's a whole bunch of different strategies you can try to pursue from game to game, but you won't know what one is advantageous until the game is actually set up and in front of you. So I wasn't sure if it that's went definitely down this. That
2: path. Yeah, it's definitely this, and it's 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 dice drafting. So okay. like, what your opponent is doing, like if they take that dice from you that you really needed that you were planning on using, like you're 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 out of luck. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's good. It's good. It's
1: definitely uh, <laughs> it's a good game. Yeah, I might have to make a road trip down to you. That's This is starting all to right. hurt at this point. We'll talk about it later. So, all in all, recommend, sound like, at least after an initial play? Yeah, it's definitely a recommend. Are you doing a full write-up on that one? Yeah, I'm going to. Nice. Sure. i am right. looking forward to that I'll get to some point. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, the one I was going to end up... Well, it, I'm so sorry. Anything else on... <laughs> completely just took it over (laughs) that that, that progressed correctly okay so the game that i was actually going to talk about today was uh i think i mentioned it briefly earlier but lowlands which is a uve but not uve it's uve but not uve yeah it's uh it's a 2018 released it was designed by claudia and rolf partenheimer published by z-man games or zed man i'm actually not sure what the product way is there overall on bgg the rank is 891 431 out of the strategy category for my people that really love our rankings it is such an Uwe rosenberg feeling game that people thought uve rosenberg had a hand in it and as it turns out he actually did the way i understand it and i could be totally wrong on the story was that Claudia and Rolf were such fans of Uwe Rosenberg-style games that they set out to make one in the same vein that felt along those lines, just out of respect more than anything else. Whatever the circumstances were, it ended up getting in front of Uwe Rosenberg, and he ended up helping them finish the game. He doesn't get any design credit for it, but there is an excerpt from him in the rules talking about how he, he did help with it, and he gives his seal of approval for it. Yeah, he's done that a few times. Like, I, I know he... Yeah, there's, a, like, a whole Uwe Rosenberg he, collection of not his games.
2: Yeah, he, like... I know he, like... Um, he was a fan of, like, the culture, and he, like, reached out to, like, Stonemaier oh, yeah, games. Yeah. And, like... And then he ended up designing... I think he actually designed an expansion
1: before um, reaching out or something like oh, wow. that. <laughs> I didn't realize that one. That that sounds very Uwe. Though. Yeah. <laughs> Just to be in, why not? Yeah, I got some time. I'll throw together an entire expansion for a game I didn't make. Right. Here you go, guys. Because <laughs> why not? Like a mad scientist in his lab. Anyway, Lowlands is not an Uwe Rosenberg game. Claudia and Rolf did an amazing job on this game. Um, the whole point of it is you are on your farmland in the Lowlands right next to the sea and you're spending your time doing a handful of things you are farming sheep and you are building buildings and features into your your field area that your sheep are being bred in and there's also a shared portion of the game that is the dike that blocks the incoming storm or when tides rise rather the game itself is structured into a handful of different rounds the way the, it all pans out is it's a worker placement game, you have three workers, and they each have a certain number of action points to them. One has two, a three, and another has four. And it's essentially, when you put one of those down on one of the worker action places, that's how many times they can engage with that action. And they're going to be able to do different stuff. Um, they can build up the amount of fencing you have in your pasture, which you know, allows for more sheep. You can use them to build a building or feature, you're going to have to spend resources to do that. You can contribute to the dike so that you build that up, help prevent sheep from actually getting washed away at the end of the round, which is hysterical. You can use your worker to buy or sell sheep at the market, and you can use your workers to just draw additional resource cards. This, this really does sound like game. <laughs> that, that's it. There. I just taught you all the rules. Not even all the rules, but like that is that is a full overview of the game. It's It's everything that you can do in it with your workers. And from there, it's just the decision tree of... Well, I know I need to build fencing this turn. How much fencing do I need to build? I definitely need a new piece here, and I need to move these two pieces over to here... So that when my sheep breed, I'll have enough room. Because your sheep grow exp- not exponentially uh, your sheep grow two to one every round so unlike Caverna where if you have you know seven sheep you get one new one when they breed with this for every two sheep you have you get one more sheep and the game comes with like a hundred in the box it's ridiculous so <laughs> there's just sheep everywhere on the table when you play this game it's hysterical are they like little anime pools? yeah yeah, no, there's the same sheep out of the, like, Caverna and Agricola boxes. Like standard. Yeah, we'll sheeples. Yeah. They're lovely. So, yeah, at the end of the round, though, they, they reproduce two to one. So you constantly have to make your fencing bigger and bigger and bigger to hold them. If you're not going to be able to hold as many as you can, as you have room for, then you're going to lose out on those extra sheep. So you can bring them over to the market and sell them for money, which money's a really tight resource in this game. Or... You can ignore sheep altogether, and you can go over and contribute to the dike, which is the bitchiest part of this game, and it's funny to me every time, because ultimately what it is, you, you and all the other players at the table, you're all doing your farming. You're all trying to breed sheep so that you can score points off of them at the end of the game while you're doing this and you're building your fencing and your buildings and you're focused on all of your personal player stuff that's all in front of you with all of that the one thing that you all have to pay attention to is this dike that needs to be built because after two segments of the round a certain amount of water is going to start to flood all of your player boards if the dam holds then you're going to score points for your sheep if the dam doesn't hold, it's going to wash away sheep on everyone's board. So everyone wants to also contribute to the dike. Where this gets bitchy is that, let's say we got three people at the table. You are farming your sheep. Your wife is also farming sheep. I'm contributing toward the dike. And you guys aren't worried about the dike because I keep putting more and more into it. At the end of the round, You've built up all your sheep. Your wife has built up all of her sheep. I've built up the dam, but I did not build up the dam enough to save you guys' sheep. So your sheep get washed away to sea, and I end up getting a ton of points because I put the most effort into the dam in the first place. So second round comes along. You guys start to see that trend. You're like, oh, we should probably help with the dam. You both start helping with the dam. Meanwhile, I'm building up my sheep. You guys this time for the second scoring section have saved the dam, so the dam holds this second time. I got to keep all my sheep, and because the dam held, I get to score them. This is going great. It's the most convoluted silly co opetition game that I've A come across Coopetition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you stopped me right there. You don't get to glaze past that. No, no, no. Cooperative game, in the sense that you have to build the deck together, and competition, it is a completely cutthroat game of I'm out to win. I, I need to score more points than you. So it starts to create these relationships in the game where you're really just cooperating with someone enough to get by. And it's this very... There's, there's a word I'm looking for and I'm not going to come across it. it. It's funny to me every time we play it because there's this constant chasing of a, of a victory line that is perpetually moving away from you no matter what way you turn or try to zig or zag. There's There's just no catching the goal. You can never do what you want to do because you're forced to pick up the slack where other people drop it. And if other people start to pick that slack back up, you don't get to ignore it. You have to still participate, because otherwise you're just left in the dust. Hmm. So, I love this game. If you couldn't tell, cannot recommend it enough. As far as whether or not to grab it, overall on BGG for my for my ratings monsters, it's ranked a seven point four. It's the kind of game I play when I want to play caverna but something way more interactive. I I've got it ranked at an 8. I'm always happy to play it. I'll usually bring it up. But yeah, that's that's lowlands. Sounds really good. It's so good. It's I know I said this. It is really good. That notion of coopetition, which I'm going to I'm owning it. I'm going to try to make that a thing. That sense of co-opetition you get out of it <laughs> It's just so satisfying. You are absolutely playing a competitive game that no longer feels like a multiplayer solo. You are forced to interact. And this giant wall that you're building is literally built out of 3D pieces. And the water coming in is also 3D pieces that stack up right against the wall. So you can visually see when the water is cresting over the top of it and it draws your attention away from your own personal board. It, everything about this was so smart, right down to the psychology of it. It sounds beautiful. It's gorgeous. It, it's such a masterclass in design. I, I cannot recommend it enough. The only reason it's not like a 10 in, in my rankings is you got to be in the right mood for it. Because of that kind of cutthroat, take that nature of it, it can get really bitey but I mean aside from that there really wasn't anything I didn't care for about it the I mean the art could have been a little bit better this is what I was kind of alluding to earlier when I said I couldn't get past the cover art of that other game Atris very similarly here the art aesthetic is it's a little tough to get past if you were to just walk past it at the game store but man yeah if you guys come across this really recommend it love love this game I like I like both those covers yeah I I like the Lowlands cover. The Trismegistus one just looks... I don't know. It it looks like an old Magic the Gathering (laughs) art that was just, like, (laughs) kind of a stock one for them. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. But, yeah, I've got... I mean, there's so much with this game. I sat here for, like, an hour, hour and a half writing down, like, all the things I wanted to go over and all the things I wanted to talk about, and I'm looking at it, and it's like, no, this is... This is ridiculous to have to, you know, shove down somebody's throat. I might end up writing a review on it, though. It turns out I have way more to say about the game than I thought I did. Do it, do it. Do it, do it, do it, do it. <laughs>
2: it's ranked like 900 on VGG. That blows
1: my mind. Yeah, and it's it does not get the traction that I think it should. But, I mean, personal opinion, obviously. But, it, in truth, like, there's... This feels like such a unique piece of gaming. Because there's really only a couple of games I can think of that do that coopetition thing so, so, so well. This one is definitely one of them. Rockwell would be another. And that's kind of where I'm stumping at the moment. But I wasn't thinking about that ahead of time, so I didn't prepare. <laughs> right. I, I, but I yeah, I... Really it, if if that co-opetition thing sounds interesting to people then this is such a good example of it. But yeah. That's Lowlands. Lowlands would recommend. And that's a show for today. It really is. Yeah, I kind of was taken aback myself like wow, we did we thought this was going to be like a 3-hour episode, but no. <laughs> we chopped it right in half. So yeah, that that being said, make sure you you go over to the gaming rules. YouTube page. Uh check out that live stream. Paul's on there. It, once we actually know the timestamp where Paul is, we'll make sure to post that to Paul's Twitter, Facebook, stuff like that. Reach out to us, boardgamesquad.com slash podcast. Our email is podcast at boardgamesquad.com. Paul, you got anything else that I'm not thinking of? No, I mean
2: we're we're all looking forward to to spiel digital. So
1: more to come from that after the show I put up my brick and mortar review the other day so people should check that out please and thank you but yeah other than that yeah. take care everybody thanks for hanging out
0: thanks for playing please subscribe so you don't miss the next edition of Board Game Squad it's boardgamesquad.com slash podcast I said subscribe. I'm waiting. Seriously? On behalf of Adam and Paul, thanks for tuning in. My name is not important. At least to Adam and Paul. Dude, it's your turn.